Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the 10th episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolfston. How are we doing? Doing great. Happy holidays, Wolves fans. We are back after a brief one-week hiatus to recap a lot of Timberwolves actions, give our thoughts. Um, so what we'll be doing in this episode is recapping basically the last two weeks of Wolves actions, which is seven games. And one of the recaps is a little bit ongoing as we're recording during the heat game right now. So we'll have, we'll have more progress for you. Noah, cut this if we, 88, 79. Yeah. If we, (laughs) if we end up timing it perfectly and we'll just make it seem like this was all well planned after we rip through some of the recap, we'll be kind of sharing our thoughts over this last stretch. Um, drop a little bit of knowledge on some of the underlying trends that maybe you have been missing. And we'll also do some kind of Minnesota sports Vikes talk things all is not well in the land of Minnesota sports, so we'll wrap the wolves into that and and basically share our thoughts. Noah, any sentiments kind of off the top of your head that you want to give the people? Um, it is nice that some Vikings fans will now be sort of shifting their number one priority to the wolves. So yeah, exactly. It's I'm happy for us. It's go for basketball and Timberwolves seasons, and we welcome you with open arms. I know Kirk Cousins is going to have a lot more free time, so definitely download the pod. Jimmy Butler is on the team. Kevin Garnett is on the team. We played the Target Center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Um, so with that, uh, let's jump into the first game. A Monday game against Sacramento from the last time that we potted. It was a big victory, Noah. W-132-105. And it was a great win. The Wolves jumped out to a first-half lead. But I think kind of the takeaway from this game is that Dave Yeager really threw in the towel on this one. A couple stats for you. Bielitsa, former Minnesota darling, only played five minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein played seven minutes. De'Aaron Fox, who has really emerged for them, played six. And Bagley did not play. So we had a previous loss to the Kings on the road, and to put these two next to each other doesn't really seem fair with the fact that uh, their coach just kind of said, well, we lost this game in the second quarter and let it slide. And I just looked, and they were at Dallas the night before. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) to be at Dallas, and they picked up a win where, if I look right here, yeah, um, those guys that you're talking about, Bogdanovich in that game played 37, Bielitsa 35, Kali Stein 32, Fox 33. So it's not a surprise that we got, we played the D-League Kings at home. So a solid win, but, you know, when you put these things in the recipe, you would hope that a W comes out of the oven. Yeah, that's why you guys come to us for that, uh, for these great takes on uh, why this great win just turned into a solid win so that was the king's game and we used all of that momentum for the first four quarters of the detroit game yes and then we lost yeah so no why don't you take us through that (laughs) six point loss in ot we'll get that's one of the one of two ot losses in this podcast which is providing a little bit of context for our sentiment on the wolves of late yes um, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> Pistons were out to a 12-point lead. Wolves blew their 14th point, their 14th point lead in the fourth quarter. They just didn't really show up in OT, as we'll also see later in this podcast. <laughs> uh, Will has Tolliver revenge game. I think it was the only headline he could have like assembled out of this <laughs> sad, sad loss. Well, to be fair, Noah kind of was the one that 
did the brunt of watching this game. I was at a local show. I don't know if any of you have heard of Les Miserables. And so to see Jean Valjean's story of tragedy and triumph before his untimely death and then see that In we a way, I think we OT, went to the same play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was definitely a roller coaster with that halftime intermission. Less Timberables. Less Timberables, yeah, is definitely um, has, has been kind of how I'm feeling. Um, so, yeah, Wiggins and Towns um, each had 16, Roko 22, Rose 33. So put some stuff together. I mean, what, you put up 123, but give up 129 and let Griffin go, you know, as he's been playing, 34 points. So, yeah, I mean, we got a lot more to talk about, but obviously a very disappointing loss and... But we were able to one up that. Yeah, with the, Spurs, with the with the Spurs game next. Before you jump into the Spurs, I'll just say that you kind of covered it all. Blake Griffin's been unreal, so like he he definitely carried the carried the Pistons as you mentioned. Yeah, so I think even the easiest of scouting reports could have you know figured him out, but that doesn't mean you can stop him. But right, I think with the Pistons, it's it's not like you have to focus on three different guys at this time right so Mm. it would have been nice to sort of say like let's focus on blake and knock that out and play our game and get the w exactly exactly but we didn't do that and we headed to the great city of san antonio and lost by 26 where the spurs made 18 threes and our woes seem to have continued from defending the three i think later in the pot i'll touch on it we're like 27th or 28th in three point percentage allowed and but two point percentage were like tenth or eleventh, so it's just weird to see that level of disparity. And I was listening to another pod, and they were discussing how, like, what if we were just fifteenth or like average in this area where we're not? I don't mean to be a cynic, but I feel like you can apply that to a lot of things. But I think through this far in the season, maybe it's just like we're bad at defending the three. Not like this is some random small sample size thing that's skewing how we've been playing, and we're due for this. You know exhibition of three-point defense right yeah i just don't sense that in the air jumping 12 teams statistically in three-point defense like <laughs> what if we would have entirely different players and maybe a different coach like that would be the one and scenario. played in a big market when we're able to get ticket sales and big money signings yeah exactly lots of lots of things i think you summarized it well in these notes um lose by 26k <laughs> so just like all right wolves uh we know that the road has definitely not been favorable, but you can still put up an effort against a San Antonio team that's like over 500, but just not great. Yeah, very much like a thank you next going to Oklahoma City, you know, a little bus trip across mm-hmm. the great <laughs> don't, don't say that song around me. <laughs> um, and then really the bright spot of this road trip comes next with the Sunday game at Oklahoma City. This is one I was really concerned about, but the Wolves pick up the victory 114-112. And the big takeaway was that it was Wiggins' best game of the season for sure. Maybe the best game of his career. I don't want to like yeah. comb through the archives. The same pot I was listening to said in the last 365 days. Yeah, exactly. So um, he had 36 and five in 42 minutes. You know, he doesn't rebound and assist a whole lot, so those numbers aren't going to jump out a ton. But him attacking the basket down the stretch you know like not being a liability defensively and then it was a really fun way to close out the game and just pick up the two-point victory because he drove on Steven Adams and made a tough layup and then Okogi defended a deep Paul George three that I really really thought was going to go in and all of a sudden I was like wait we won yeah and I think the focus for me at least is 
11 for 20. Mm-hmm. Right, we've seen a lot of games this year where Wiggins putting up like around 20 shots and making seven or eight of them. So what that can result into 14 points, even if it's just twos. Like, oh, Wiggins had 14. Like, you know, it's nice that he was our third or fourth leading scorer tonight, but he kind of sucked up all the shots and made it hard on everyone else. So it was good to see efficiency. It is a little bit funny to me that in other, he, he was efficient and scored a decent amount of points, and that was enough for a max player to have his best game yep. in a year, right? Like, you hand this, this stat line to Towns or even some other players on a team, and you're like, oh, solid. It was, good. It was yeah. a good game, right? And from an efficiency standpoint, 55% is not, like, your best night of the year, right? And six rebounds and five assists. So it's like Area Man doesn't get double-double right. as a max contract, and we're super, super happy. And I think it just goes to the point that that's why I decided to talk about this game because I wanted to bring an air of you know levity to With it. With four and, turnovers. <laughs> and highlight what Wiggins did well. But good points, good points. Um, the holidays it, have me feeling chipper. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely a, a fun game and glad that you were able to point out those efficiency numbers to, to bring us back down to earth. Um, the next game, though... Uh, against Chicago a lot of things to talk about there D Rose return game get the victory on the Chicago road. ran out of Kleenex yes yeah. yeah I mean just destroy the Bulls by 25 Rose gets MVP chance at an away stadium I mean duh you have to mention it's Chicago mm-hmm. and Tibbs sat down like what 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 he- more headlines do I need? Like we don't even we don't even need a box score. We don't even need stats. Like yeah, that's everything that we would. Need it was to very much a, a thirty for thir- our, our thirty for thirty game of the year, right? Like mm-hmm. where you had all the I guess the cinematic aspects of it, like a full stadium. We don't know what that's like, and among other things. But honestly, just a really solid game, and I think it's it is really good to see like the response that Rose gets, and I think he gets. It's it's sort of like when KG comes back to the Wolves, right? It's it's almost like a part of Minnesota sports. You don't have to be a Wolves fan to understand KG, really. You don't have to be a total Bulls fan to understand Rose. You just sort of need to be in like the Chicago no or the Minneapolis no to understand like the, the the brevity of what these guys can do when they come back to their hometown. Not saying KG's hometown is Minneapolis, but... You but we've kind point. of adopted him. And I'm, he's like the second best player probably in their history, best in recent memory, and he's having like his... this maybe like the second best season of his career. It's and just, being from Chicago, right? Yeah, like, so he's a Chicago guy. He has the KG effect plus being from there. Right, exactly. And I think when the Timberwolves like put out their dvd recap of the season this will be a big 100 big moment to to touch upon so that was a fun game ultimately another one another night where it's like you feel really really good for d rose yeah and he goes 11 for 19 in that game so it wasn't like he just showed up and kind of did his parade because he couldn't Mm, right right it did did not matter what he shot in that game whatsoever (laughs) yeah and it also helps that the bulls are bad so wiggins goes back to his classic five for 15 but no one probably even noticed (laughs) yeah exactly he was still off the high of that oklahoma city win (laughs) so then we go to the friday game home against atlanta and the wolves take another otl 123 120 um so it was really a roller coaster of a game uh, Atlanta's not a great team in the East. The Wolves get down 22, but really flip the switch and turn it on in the second half. 
kind of on the back of Towns and Cove, and they build up a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter, really have every opportunity to seal the game. But they, To be clear, a nine-point lead at Target Center against the Atlanta Hawks in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right, and one that you just kind of took control of the game after a really rough first half. But then they had missed free throws. Dario Saric just threw the ball to Kent Bazemore on an inbound, and he tied it with a dunk. And then we really just let it eke away in overtime kind of continuing on our Los Timberables uh, Detroit game. So really, really not solid. Kind of captured well in a Wiggins quote or just sort of the the sentiment of, you know, what that game was like at Target Center. Yeah, I, I think with that quote, that's fans for you. We've got some shitty fans and we've got some good fans. That's just how it works. And he says it with a shrug. When, in what scenario is that good to say right yeah that's not productive in the least and it's even if it's like kind of a raw quote it doesn't like call anybody out just sort and, of like it's it, 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 always it. a fact right like what he said is i would it's very true there's always crappy fans and there's always good fans but mm-hmm. why is that i guess the point to focus on in the moment why not i think it's time if you're going to not be a max contract player on the floor you kind of have to be a max contract player with your words and your actions that don't directly relate to basketball so you're gonna say hey like you know that one was on us tonight like i missed a few three throws in ot that led us to lose to a bad team right i feel like that would be the at the very least what you can do is just be towns where he just gives you like the very vanilla it's frustrating but it's kind of a he plays the media machine pretty well you know not yeah, great if you're not gonna be charismatic and fun don't go the opposite way just be boring he's like right? a zero sum quote and yeah if there was a player that had built up a little bit more equity or like panache with the wolves like i could see this being something that jimmy says and it'd be kind of like whoa you know wolves fans let's make sure we get behind our team but, but he's wiggins, emotional and like, he uses that emotion on the court and right. you know, it's not like wiggins is turning his anger into you know, seven for 10 nights on the regular. Yeah. I can't even remember any other quote from Wiggins over the season. That's even noteworthy. So great one to, to sort of jump into the fray. Yeah, make your quotes so boring that they're not even going to air them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely be my strategy. So not kind of not a great way to come off two victories against Oklahoma city and Chicago on the road. I thought that would be an easy pickup. Yeah. I understand why this week had a theme of Wiggins a little bit because of the one game. And every time we see flashes of Wiggins, you obviously associate it with his still, I guess, potential and based on his draft pick and, you know, things like that, right? Like what we originally thought he was going to be, but I think that, needs to start being given up on and we need to lower the bar and i i'm the first one to accuse of doing this right so yeah i think one of the trends of this stretch overall is that you know wiggins continues to be inconsistent it seems to be trending in a decent way but it's not like wow he has arrived like towns played well over the stretch of the games we saw more consistent performance from d rose as you know, as we've come to see, but, you know, Wiggins continues to oscillate to kind of close out. Really, if things continue with the way the Heat game is going right now, the Wolves are up 192 on the road. That would put us at four and three on the week. And even if we're at three and four, it's like it's not a 
it's not a terrible stretch record wise, but it feels so up and down. I think you share kind of the same vibe with the with this stretch of games yeah we talked about how in in each w you can go to and say like wow this is a big win so our wins are derrick rose at chicago enough said on the road at oklahoma city awesome and a 27 point win over sacramento honestly of the three wins that's probably like the the lamest right mm-hmm. even though it's like 27 so big w's and then your losses are an ot to the detroit like lame and then you go down to San Antonio, 26-point loss, and then you lose to Atlanta at home in OT. So it's like each and every, none of the games was sort of on the betting line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, weren't cl- we weren't close. We picked either end of the normal curve. So it made for a volatile le- week, if not exciting. And yeah, th- four and three, three and four, neither of those are bad records given the amount of road games and I guess the the new level of expectations around this team. Right, I think... Yeah, I, I was going to mention expectation, like what kind of what we're seeing from the Wolves now is consistently weeks where they just hover right around 500. Um, so if that's the way it's going to be, you know, we just need to shape the expectation for the playoffs and for the season and people performing around that. But it's it's hard to see when you see that we can go to Oklahoma City and win when they have like the best defense in the league right now probably the only other team that's could challenge the Warriors in the West with the way they're playing. But then, you know, we can't take care of Atlanta or we can't take care of Detroit. Yeah. And if you kind of put all of this in total, um, we're hanging around 27% according to 538 for playoff chances. So I think we're starting to reach that area where it, it'd be neato to get the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. I think anyone who comes out with the take that, they think with confidence, like over 50% in their betting line or mind, that the Wolves will make the playoffs kind of invalidates their their argument or ability to discern what's going on with the Wolves. Well, what they should definitely do is listen to this podcast and jump back into the episodes where we've kind of... And rate and review us. Yes, that's, that too. So but that that's the first thing. Um, another, A couple other points from the recent stretch of games is no Jeff Teague. It's kind of easy to forget about with how well Rose is playing, but he hasn't had a great season. He's continued to miss games. So if he can come back and be in attack mode, that's going to be a huge help. Yeah, it is, I don't mean to like totally invalidate your point, but it is cool because 538 released kind of this new player engine that it shows. I'm intrigued. Like, like injuries and then who would take up their minutes and you know are the people who are replacing them like worthwhile and it, it said that those who will pick up teague's minutes are like we, we won't drop or gain a game from teague's injury mm-hmm. that he's just like another guy when compared against like who will get additional minutes because of his injury gotcha when they put this thing out do they have a sort by column i will read any sort of data if i can sort stuff just yeah, to I my think liking the very smart people at 538 developed that feature sweet i'll have to check that out we'll uh we'll jump back in um teague's addition probably wouldn't help the timberwolves woeful defense though would you say no i i think you're making a reference to the like the three-point percentage yeah like yeah you mentioned. just being 27th three-point percentage allowed and 11th from two-point percentage like i said earlier i really don't make much of the discrepancy because i don't think those are supposed to be I mean, they're, they're they're correlated, right? I get that, but I think you can be a like a good post defender and a bad 
perimeter defender. And a lot of those times, those are different guys guarding those situations, right? Right. And as a five-man defensive unit, you're there, there can be differences, but you're not going to be an elite three-point defense and a terrible two-point defense. Like There's crossover. Defense I, I fully understand. Yeah. But, I mean, to be 27th and 11th, I think if there was like fifth and thirtieth or something, it's. I mean, obviously that's always weird when anything's are related like that. But I don't. I don't really have much to make of it right now. I mean, obviously it should be like a, a point in Tibbs's mind for something to improve on. No one would disregard that. But like, it could just be that we don't have the guys to make this kind of perimeter defense happen. Mm-hmm. Especially three pointers coming so much from guards and kind of that point of attack. Neither. Rose or Teague are great individual defenders and Tyus kind of the knock on him is he's smaller even though defensive metrics favor him really well you know he's not so much of a defensive plus that we're putting him out there to be a and his his is steals right or like other things that are like not allowing someone to even get the shot off Mm -hmm. so that doesn't that doesn't speak to Tyus's defense once the shot's in the air right Mm -hmm. before it's in the air right Mm -hmm. and I think not at the three-point line, or no, this does relate to the three-point line. Saric and Taj do a pretty good job in the post or, like, helping and walling up, but they're not like Pascal Siakam or Jeremy Grant where they're going to go out to the yeah. three-point line and really, you know, hound somebody. Legendary closeouts from Taj. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two hands up or you run through. Distract the shooter. Get going on the get going on the fast break. Get me a ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So three-point defense was... Like, it has been an issue all season. It's one of the reasons, like, all of the teams have been scoring over 100 in this game, this set of games that we outlined. Our box plus minus is something that is definitely a useful indicator, too. And, I, yeah, I didn't even want to, like, necessarily go through the rankings in so much that I, I don't have it listed here. But our top five versus five versus six, there's a break of, like, one and a half points. And that's pretty like significant. And I, I just wanted to make it clear that Towns, Covington, Gibson, Rose, Sarge. I wouldn't read too much into that order because um, it's only one stat. But because of the break between Sarge and Dang, I think it's hard right now to make an argument that anyone but these five guys in Towns, Covington, Gibson, Rose, Sarge. I don't, I don't just see who you could swap in that top five list. I don't mean right. to make it a buzzfeedy thing. I, but I'm, there are I'm tiers. Yeah. I think it's a pretty clear like tier or cluster that you can point to. And I think to have success going into the season, we need to kind of get that cluster to like six or seven guys, right? Yeah, for there to be like just a little bit more of a sliding scale to like Wigan should be up there. Teague, if he plays more, should be up there. You know, like there's no reason Saric by box plus minus should be that much better than Gorgie and then all the subsequent yeah, and I players. Think people in the stat would love to point to Okogi. I just don't want to put the pressure on him yet or the expectation on him yet because given his pick, given that he's a rookie, like I think he's already kind of bought some points. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, he he's, owes. He's doing all the right things and his performance isn't going to show up in box plus minus just right now. Yet, his maybe, role, right? yeah, his role. It's just exciting to see him. Yeah, right? exactly. And to see Tibbs actually play him when he does. So, so I think the ask really comes down to Wiggins, Teague, Jones, Gorgie, right? Mm-hmm. Tolliver's not going to get the minutes to really change or fluctuate the stat from what he's already built up right right <laughs> he's got like 80 minutes in his future mm-hmm. for the rest of the season or something and Okogi um, will go up like we're not demanding like have him play more have him shoot more but like just by virtue of 
him getting better yeah and what he did like he he will slide up with more minutes mm-hmm. and honestly i don't even want to i just don't want to even put an expectation on wiggins because i just feel like it isn't even credible at this point given what i've seen in the past right mm-hmm. like it's almost at the level of like that'd be really cool if it happens but i think the real ask like i said comes from teague tyus and gorky right mm-hmm. those are three guys who right now you can kind of say hey we've seen flashes sustained flashes and we'd love to see one of them sort of join this group of five guys who is really pulling their weight. Yeah. Yeah. So that's absolutely. all I really meant to put out of that. I wasn't trying to go through like a player rankings or anything with one stat. No, but I think I think it points to where the Wolves depth is at right now and how guys are who are our top five performers, you know, not one through five, but just who's in that kind of top tier. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's a surprising five, right? I mean, Rose, if we're talking like well, beginning of the season, right? Right. The stuff like that. But I think besides that, you would hope that you bring in Covington and Sarge and their performers. Gibson and Towns have really haven't missed a beat in mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the volatile guys are hanging down. But with volatility, you want to see some volatility up every once in a while, right? Yeah, exactly. Some noise. So. Yeah. But I think overall, that's, that's what I have wolves-wise. But I know we wanted to discuss vikings yeah i just want to pour my heart just want to pour my heart out over the mic real quick i mean we're both minnesota sports fans and outside of the quick lane bowl where my grad school kind of destroyed your grad school things aren't you know things aren't always buzzing in minnesota so vikings just got bounced out of the playoffs and the wild are struggling I don't have any evidence for that besides the like two hours of sports talk. Yeah, for to be quite to clear, we are day. not a wild podcast or apartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know how to describe the saucer pass and that's it. But the kind of sentiment around the wolves and Minnesota sports in general, for those of you that are outside the state, is just like we are terrible, we've been terrible, and we're going to be terrible. Um, was that your elevator pitch for potential fans? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so do the wolves fit in that or not, Noah? The wolves fit in what? <laughs> do like just this doldrum of Minnesota sports that we've existed in for the past 50 years, yes, 100 years? But then I think once you accept the waves and the seasickness of it all, like you're 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 ready for it right yeah i'm in for the heartbreak every single time i think it's a part of being a minnesota fan and i think to expect anything else like you then you haven't it just shows you haven't been a part of it long enough right yes because every rational or reasonable fan is going to expect this sort of volatility to continue yeah i should yeah i should end on a high note with this we have those prince jerseys We still have Carl Anthony Towns, and the Target Center just got renovated. So, like, wow, things are really, really looking up for your Timberwolves. Speaking Um, of which, we have 109-101 Wolves with 34 seconds left in the fourth. So I think we can call it a W. You putting your seal of approval on that? Yes. So we'll call it a four and three week, which, Mm -hmm. given all things considered that we've talked about, I think is just fine and it could maybe lead to a, a happy new year yeah this wow this changes everything i think this was a great week wiggins played well minnesota sports are back That's i'm excited exactly to go back news. to work no yeah Sunday yeah actually everything's great now that you say that and our first live podcast too wow we, we should do this more often yeah for sure <laughs> quick look ahead to the uh upcoming week a little bit of a meat grinder we've got the pelicans that's going to be a back-to-back the celtics the magic and the lakers what scares you what excites you 
Um, what are your thoughts on the upcoming week? Magic still suck, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. But otherwise, that's a that's a gritty week. <laughs> yeah, I always uh, I always like the Pelicans games because Town seems to get up for playing against AD, and he's I mean he's great, but they're not playing well. Celtics and Lakers will be really really tough. Yeah. Do you call that one of those weeks where two and two is like, hey, I, would I mean, feel- like, given that we're predicted to not make the playoffs. You'd kind of want to say, hey, let's lock in like a 500 record from mm-hmm. here on out. Yeah, just exactly. So we can have some morale and some fun. Pick up the winnable games, Pelicans and Magic, and I think we'll be satisfied when we jump into the studio next. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, with that. How? How? <laughs> <laughs>